0: This is Untitled MMA!
1: Untitled MMA Podcast, it is April 17th, 2018, coming off of uh, UFC on Fox, Glendale, with Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. We have another fight uh, fight night this weekend, we'll make our picks for that. We have some fight news, we'll get into it, well I guess it's not really news, more hypotheticals. But, we'll get into it, and before we do, I am Buju. I am Brendan. I'm Bryce. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're coming off the UFC Glendale card. Not a whole lot on the prelims. I, there was a nice Plata. I think that was the highlight of everything before the main card. Um, I wanted to start out start off talking about Israel Adesanya. I think he had a very, 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 very impressive performance on whatever pay per view he fought on recently. What pay per view was that, Bryce? Do you remember?
2: Would it be 221?
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, he came off an impress of came off of an impressive performance there. There was a lot of people talking about him, and I think a lot of hype going in a lot of hype around him going into this weekend's fight. Um, he did win. I thought it was clear that he won, but I don't think it was anywhere close to the performance he had in his previous fight.
2: 100% agree. It was UFC twenty one, though. Um, I I just want to say, I don't know how any judge could have scored two rounds for Marvin Vittori in that fight.
1: Yeah, I do agree with that, too.
2: I And I think that all in all, this was also like a poor stylistic matchup he clearly outclassed vittorio on the feet and he showed that he's probably uh upper echelon in terms of striking in the division going forward and he did really well against what seemed to be a a strong big grappler
1: i do like i do like israel adesanya a lot um after coming off that 221 performance i thought Uh, This is probably a guy that the UFC is going to want to put a lot behind. It was obvious that he prefers the stand-up and he might struggle once he gets to the ground game. And now that Vittori showed that if you get him to the ground, Adesanya is absolutely in uh, trouble down there, I feel like if Adesanya doesn't adapt quick, his career might start taking a turn very soon.
2: Mm -hmm. I think that he needs to be more aggressive early on in these Uh, stand-up exchanges and try to put dudes away early, just to avoid. Because if he would have went at it early when he was making a victory miss, he probably could have really hurt him.
1: And the thing I'm worried about with that is if he starts getting aggressive, starts throwing kicks, and ends up getting taken down off of those kicks, is he going to catch Anthony Pettis syndrome, where he's scared to play his game because he's scared to get taken to the ground and taken into somebody else's world? I don't know. I very much want to see Israel Adesanya. Um, advances MMA career. I'm just worried that if he doesn't adapt to this higher level in the game, that he'll end up going away relatively quickly.
0: I will okay. say he has made a fan of me, though.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely a fan. I'm just worried about him
0: going forward, I guess. Yep, um, I'm an uh, Israel a Adesanya career. guy.
1: Speaking of guys that need to figure something out, the co-main event of the evening saw Carlos Condit lose yet again. He got tapped out by Alex Oliveira in the second round. Yes. Um... And I'm, I think Alex Oliveira was probably winning what little we saw on the feet, too. So, uh, Carlos Condit has not had a win since 2015. Um, I think maybe Nick Diaz was... No, he beat Tiago Alves. But it's been a long time since Carlos Condit has got a W in the octagon. And I feel like it's probably time for him to step away for good unless the UFC is going to give him stand-up fights. And this was supposed to be one against Matt Brown. ended up being against Alex Oliveira at the last minute. But... The game has definitely passed Carlos to buy, and he's definitely not championship level anymore.
0: I felt like they're over complimenting his uh, ground game because I mean he keeps getting submitted, so I, it's obviously not that great. I mean, when I mean when you face Maya, it's obviously yeah. not going to be the greatest, but he's got submitted against Oliveira. Doesn't have the greatest ground game. I just found them like over complimenting him. Yeah, it's like you can go ahead, Bryce. Am I the only one that noticed that, or no? I, I mean, I think TV. he. Go ahead.
2: To be fair, he does have 13 wins by sub.
1: But, I mean, that was in, like, the previous era of the UFC. I may not have even
2: been born. (laughs) I'm joking (laughs) completely. I'm not that young, I promise. (laughs) But um, he's now 30-12. and He's lost four in a row. Uh, five of his last six.
1: I was incorrect about his last win being 2015, wasn't I? Now that I'm thinking about it. No, it is 15. Oh, was it really? Because, yeah, was... Holy shit! That was fucking over two years ago. <laughs> we're,
2: yeah, we're knocking on three years' door of Oof. his last win.
1: Getting old, fam. Um,
2: I definitely think it's probably time, unless they give him like a a tailor-made fight for him. Sage. Being a young stand-up guy. Sage. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think Sage wants to go up to 170, but Is he back give him Mickey Gall. Give him Mickey Gall.
1: That's what I want. Oof, I don't know if that's a good idea for Mickey Gall, but yeah. I want to
0: do it. Why? You
1: think McCall? I mean, Gall's had four professional fights. Carl's Condit's had 47, so I'm... 42. 42? I thought you said 35 and 12. But anyways... um. I like I like watching Carlos Condit fight. I'm a fan of Carlos Condit. He was the first main event that I saw in person against Martin Campman in Indianapolis. But um, if he's going to stick around, the UFC's got to give him stylistic matchups that fit him because it's obvious he's probably never going to be champion again. So if he's going to continue fighting, at least make it competitive and not somebody that's going to take him gra- take him down and submit him like Damian Maia, like Alex Oliveira, so on and so forth. And I mean, he looked he was cut up bad from Standing up with Oliveira. And then Oliveira submitted him on the ground. And that so.
2: could also just be an accumulation of all that scar tissue, just easier to get cut. But Either way, I think it's time for him to transition to, like, how they were trying to do with Uriah Faber towards the end of his career. Yeah. Act as a gatekeeper, a great uh, resume builder for a younger guy. Yeah. And if he keeps beating them, by all means, keep him around. But once he starts losing to prospects, it's time to let him go.
1: That being said, I become a bigger and bigger fan of Cowboy Oliveira every time he fights. This guy is fucking electric. And this win Saturday led me to the greatest fun fact in the history of mixed martial arts. <laughs> Alex Oliveira, this is Middle Easy brought this to light. I want to give them all the credit in the world because this is just fantastic. Alex Oliveira has four children with four different mothers. The four mothers all live on the same street, and two of the kids were born in the same hospital on the same day.
2: (laughs) That is literally the greatest dude ever to live.
0: That's the Brazilian cowboy life, my friends. Before you run away, I want to say... I think Condit can actually be good for the UFC. Like, if you give him stylistic matchups, he can be good for entertainment purposes, make them money. Like, if you yeah, give him absolutely. a Lawler again, that's all-out war. That's money-making right there, you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. If you I, give him a stylistic matchup like we've been talking about, Like Bryce it said, could be
1: a great fight. Like Bryce said, keep him around, give him some fights he can win. Every once in a while, throw him in there with a young guy that's going to beat him and build up that young guy's resume. I, he's a very valuable piece without being a championship-level fighter. I
2: mean, 100%. And I mean, at 33, he's probably already looking towards what's next.
1: Speaking of championship level, the main event of the evening, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje, which I would say is probably the fight of the year so far.
2: I can't think of a better
1: one. That was clapping, not anything else. Um, <laughs> Now, a great fight, Justin Gaethje is a fucking machine. I mean, I texted both of you during that main event. I was like, this guy doesn't fucking get hurt. It's unreal. Um, he did eventually go down, Dustin Poirier, in very Nick Diaz-esque fashion to me anyway. The short strikes that always land until he get, has you in trouble and then he just starts blasting off. But anyway, it's a very impressive performance by Dustin Poirier. Finally put down Justin Gaethje in the third round. It felt like Justin Gaethje was going to go on forever, but Poirier did finally end up taking him out. Um, and then Dustin Poirier calls out Khabib Nurmagomedov. A, do you think... Without any of the other circumstances around that title and around the rankings in that division, off of that win, does Dustin Poirier deserve a shot against Could Be
0: Let me go first. I think he does deserve. Just, I mean, it's hard not to say what, what like, what you're saying, what's going on, right? Both but, but just
1: purely off of that win, off of what he's done recently, does he deserve the fight? Not necessarily. Will he get it? Uh, what's Connor doing? What's Tony doing? All that. Does he deserve a fight off of? based off the win off of Justin Gaethje and what he did before.
0: All right, based off of what you're saying, I think he deserves it, but I'm not going to say he absolutely deserves it, so I'm not going to push it to a further level, but right. I think he
2: does deserve it. Bryce? I don't think he deserves it. I, I feel like it's really hard to give a title shot over a guy that was a former champion and technically beat him, even though it's turned into a no contest because Eddie Alvarez is healthy and ranked above him. But I could see him getting it, assuming Tony is out for a while, which it sounds like he could be.
1: Yeah, and that was going to be my next question. When you really look at what's going on, I mean, Tony tore something in his knee, which I, I don't think it was his ACL. He tore, I think it was his LCL. I don't know the difference, but I know when you fucking tear shit in your knee, it's bad news. So Tony's probably going to be out for at least, at the very least, I would say six months. Who knows what's I'd going probably on? Probably
2: push in a year, though.
1: Who knows what's going on with Conor McGregor? Uh, if he does come back, is it going to be for a title? It makes the Khabib fight makes sense if he does come back, but we don't know what's going on. Khabib has Ramadan coming up, and he doesn't fight during that, so I don't know. I don't know how Ramadan works, but I According know. According
2: to uh, online, they say he generally takes like the summer off, and you'll fight again probably around September.
1: Okay, so Tony could be out six months to a year, if not longer, even. We don't know what's going on exactly. with Conor McGregor. They don't, we don't know if he. they want to give him a title shot when he does come back. Um, I don't think it's that crazy that Dustin Poirier could get a fight against uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. I don't know if they want to throw Kevin Lee back in there again if he beats Edson Barboza. Khabib just beat up Edson Barboza bad recently. The only other guy up there is Eddie Alvarez, and I don't know if he's ready for another title shot again. So it's not that crazy that Dustin Poirier does end up in a title fight with Khabib.
0: The UFC thing to do is like an Alvarez and Poirier interim title. That's the yeah, most that's, UFC thing. Yeah, that is that is. Khabib's UFC coming back in September. They'll do
1: Poirier versus Alvarez for the interim, interim title at the end of August.
2: Yeah, probably. What I do think is gonna end up happening, and I told Buju about this after the main event. After I thought about it for a little bit, I think the winner of this weekend's main event is gonna fight. Uh, Dustin Poirier, and that winner is going to be the number one contender. Actually, let me take that back. It's going to be Kevin Lee if he wins, or it's going to be Eddie Alvarez fighting Dustin Poirier for that number one contender fight.
1: I would agree with you if it wasn't for Ferguson and Alvarez, because if you look, say it's going to take a minimum of four months after Lee versus Barboza for Poirier versus Lee or Barboza to happen. So that fight happens four months from now. Say that happens in August. Then you have mm-hmm. to wait another four months before they can fight Khabib in December. So by then, Tony could be back. Connor could be back. Alvarez could have got the shot. So I don't know if want, they want to wait for another fight to happen before they do a matchup with Khabib. I mean, they could because of Ramadan and all that, I guess. But, I mean, you're waiting for two fights to happen, basically,
0: then. You know what I mean? Right. I think you try and schedule a fight immediately. And definitely have one over the summer for that division, and then it would. After time, obviously, when Khabib comes back and whatnot, as time goes on, this division will have more fights and more fights, and the division will be really good. And we also don't know where or
1: um, Poirier is at with after his leg kick either, because his leg was fucked up,
0: and his
2: eye was messed up after the fight too. So who knows how what kind of medical suspension he's about to
1: have? Yeah.
0: When this division's healthy, it's probably the best division. Wouldn't oh you my say? god. Me and Bryce
1: were looking at the rankings after the fight. That division is fucking crazy. Let me pull it up it, real quick.
2: Oh my gosh. It's just nuts. Every I think almost anyone in the top fifteen could potentially be a champion. Especially after seeing holes in Khabib's game over that we've already talked about in length.
1: Um it is. Please hold. do doo doo doo. Okay. Uh we have where's it at? Why is this in this order?
0: Not only is it a stacked division, I think it's a pretty fun division. Like from the top ten people, like all entertaining fights. But go ahead. This is the top
1: fifteen at lightweight. I think these are all killers. You have Khabib, mm-hmm. Khabib Nurmagomedov, who's the champion. Ranked number one is Conor McGregor. We don't know what's going on with him. He might be a lightweight when he comes back. Who the fuck knows? Tony Ferguson's number two. He's out with an injury, like we said, six to ten, six months to a year probably. Eddie Alvarez at number three. As far as I know, he's available. I don't think he has a fight scheduled. He hasn't had one recently. So, Eddie is around. And he was a champion before, so. Number four, Edson Barboza is fighting Kevin Lee this weekend. He sits at number four. He got beat up bad by Khabib, but, I mean, Edson Barboza is always fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin Poirier sits at number five. This I don't think the rankings have been updated, by the way, so this could change. Dustin Poirier is nasty. Uh, as we saw this weekend, Justin six sits, sits number six. He can beat, he can take anybody out, and he's going to take a lot of punishment on the way. He's a killer. Kevin Lee sits at number seven. Like we said, fought, is fighting Edson Barboza this weekend. He's fought for the title, and uh, Kevin Lee is nasty as well. Number eight, Nate Diaz. I don't think we have to talk about how great Nate <coughs> is. I mean, he's wishy-washy sometimes, but Nate is a, probably a top five draw in the UFC now. I would say. And For sure, can absolutely beat anybody in that division. Michael Chiesa sits at number nine. Uh, who knows what's going on with him? I don't. I assume he'd be fighting relatively soon. Ali Quinto had a great perform, or I don't know. Slow down. Not great performance against Khabib. He, Impressive, I would say. Yeah, he impressed a lot at in his fight against Khabib. Um, James Vick is number eleven. I don't. I think James Vick is very underrated and is not I really talked about I think he's one another.
2: of the most underrated guys in the UFC. Uh, Love James Vick.
1: Anthony Pettis, like like I said with Nate, very wishy-washy. We don't know what's going on with Pettis. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not, but he sits at number 12 as a former champion. Uh, newcomer, Relative newcomer to the rankings, Alexander Hernandez, Alexander the Great that we saw recently, sits at number 13. He was great in his pr- <laughs> most recent performance. We've all seen what Paul Felder can do. He sits at number 14, and number 15 is Olivier Aubon mercier who can absolutely beat anybody. So a nasty, nasty top fifteen. The Canadian game. Brendan. The Canadian Brendan. And his Twitter has been great lately. I don't know if that's been a thing for a while. He's entertaining as fuck on Twitter. I got a potty mock. I'm gonna have to give him a follow. Um <laughs> so yeah, I guess that wraps up the talk for lightweight. Now, Brad Tavares called out Michael Bisping. Um, I don't think Bisping will be interested in that fight. I think for Bisping's retirement fight, he probably wants a decent name and a relatively winnable fight. I don't think he wants an easy fight, but one that I he knows that he can win. So, if you're the UFC, Bryce, who are you thinking about giving Michael Bisping? Because I have the fucking solution.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think of who's relevant at middleweight. Give him um, Adesanya.
1: I guess that kind of makes sense.
2: That's if you want to really push him, though. Because if you do that and he wins, he's going to be facing killers for the rest of his career.
1: Brendan, do you have any ideas for Michael Bisping? Not my idea since you just looked at my notes. <laughs> no. Okay. Michael Bisping looking for his retirement fight. He wants a big fight. He wants a fight he can win. He wants a draw. He wants to go out with a bang, right? Right. So, who's sitting around that is a big draw? Who's sitting around that is a winnable fight for Michael Bisping? And uh, ooh, 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 Draws a lot I of I have an idea No it's playing. Who's coming off Of a Sada suspension Very very Who shortly you? Uh
2: Mr. Uh, Senior uh, 209 Stockton man
1: Nick Diaz Versus Michael Bisping Is fucking Fire Book it Uncle Dana Give me 10% <laughs> How great is that idea I thought about that On the toilet today How great is that <laughs> B- Bisping <laughs> versus great. Bisping versus Nick Diaz in L.A. Diaz is from Stockton. Bisping lives in fucking Burbank or some shit.
0: Make that fight happen. My God, that's great. That would be a, that would be a very intriguing fight. Sean Shelby Buju over be a here. Great. Uh, I don't know if you could...
2: Where is it? Is it like a FS1 main event?
1: Fox, I guess. I don't
2: Fox main
1: event. Yeah. I don't right. know. They probably do. That'd probably be like a pay per view co main event. Huh? But I don't. I don't know if I would consider this a like an easy win for. No, it's not easy. I for mean, Bisping. Diaz is a true 170-er. I don't think there's a whole lot of easy wins for Michael Bisping anymore. But, I mean, yeah. I think that fight makes a whole lot of sense.
2: That'd be fun. And,
1: buddy, I am down for it. Um, World Series of Fighting. Uh, I think You both know what World Series of Fighting was, yeah? Yes. Probably the third biggest MMA promotion at one time. Um, uh-huh. Jake Shields was fighting for them. John Fitch was fighting for them. That's where... Justin Gaethje came from. Um, David Branch. David Branch. They rebranded. They took a long time off. They've rebranded as the Professional Fighters League. Um, Last I knew, Caesars Palace Entertainment Company owned uh, WSOF. I don't know if they sold, but they are rebranding to the Pro Fighters League. So this is their format. I want to get you guys' thoughts on this format. I think it's very interesting in theory. I don't know how it's going to work out in practice. But, all right, here we go. They will award $10 million in total prize money for the twenty for the 2018 season. Uh, they will broadcast on NBC networks and live on Facebook. There will be 12 fighters per division from featherweight to heavyweight. Each fighter will have two regular season bouts each. Uh, they will get points based off of wins and losses and the method of victory. So finish, decision, yada yada. The top eight Fighters in points after the regular season will get entered into an eight-man playoff tournaments. Each tournament champion earns $1 million at the end of the season, the tournament winner. Um, their roster includes Will Brooks, Brian Foster, Marcus Galvao, John Howard, Sean Jordan, Mike Kyle, Vinny Magaliesh, uh Ramsey Nijem, Jake Shields, Rick Story, and Tiago T- Tavares, among others. So what do you think about that sort of more <clears throat> traditional Points playoff format in MMA.
2: So is it the top eight of the division of 12? Correct. That's a, a lot of people in the playoffs.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's pretty much if you... You pretty much got to lose your two regular season fights to not go to the playoffs, it seems.
1: Or maybe, like, lose a decision... Or lose, a, lose by finish and win by decision. Maybe just miss out. I don't know. But
0: <clears throat> what do you think of the format?
2: It's... It's interesting. I, I don't know.
0: I personally don't think playoffs are for every sport. I don't really like it that racing adapted it, and I don't really not a fan that MMA would adapt it. I don't think it's just. I think playoffs are for certain sports, and MMA is just not one of them. I mean, occasionally it could be fun, I guess you could say, but it's not like I have interest in any of these fighters like a yeah. bigger MMA fan would, such as you. Right. So I don't really have any interest in it or think it's that great. I'm. I think it's an interesting, like I said,
1: I think it's interesting in theory. Um, what, what it comes down to, if the fights are good, it'll succeed. If the fights stink, it's not going to succeed. Um, but when you're doing a tournament format in MMA, you're relying on guys being able to fight on a schedule, which is mm-hmm. never works. I mean, one it night, doesn't. One-night tournaments don't work. Tournaments over a long period doesn't work. I mean look how far look how spaced out the Bellator heavyweight grand prix is. We still don't know if everybody's going to make it to the second round. Exactly. I I think it's a cool idea, something different, something new. I like that they're giving out big money to the winner, but you're relying on 8 16 24 like 50 some guys to be able to fight on a schedule and you just can't do that in the sport.
2: I do really like the pay system um, yeah. And that they're really have uh, he- uh, handed out the dough. And I'm also if I see it on either Facebook or NBC Sports sure. or whatever, I'll probably watch it.
1: Sure. I just I do. I'm a fan of the idea of a more. What's the word I'm looking for here of a more cut and dry system like this guy fights this guy, this guy fights this guy and not, well, he's available, and this guy will be available soon. Let's match them up. He'll fight the winner of this other fight, maybe, or maybe he'll fight this guy. I like the more cut-and-dry system of this guy fights this guy, this fight, because this guy fights this guy, and each one, the winner of those two, fight this next guy. I like being able to know what's next. Like, I know what's on the line for this fight. I just, I don't know the perfect way to do it, and I don't think this is the way, if that makes sense.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I think, though, it takes these smaller promotions to take these risks, for one, to try to bring in some extra viewers because they're really hurting if you're not one of the—I mean, Bellator even hurts for views at times. Even the UFC does. I mean, this uh, pass card was great, and it was one of the, what, fourth lowest box card ever.
1: Which reminds me, let's talk about that rumored broadcast deal that they're going to do. I don't think Brendan saw this. Probably not, huh? Um, Now, this is just a rumor. This came out. What was the source— perez owens or some shit like that supposed to be like Perez hilton for sports or something but um i guess they've broken news before um so i don't know how reliable it is but the rumor is the ufc will be broadcast uh their broadcast will be split between espn and nbc uh they're going down to six pay-per-views a year uh there'll be fighters that are exclusive to certain networks They're getting rid of Tough and replacing it with Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, which is the longest name for a fucking thing of all time. Um, It just doesn't feel like this uh, deal is... uh, This doesn't feel like an actual thing that's going to happen, but the UFC's TV deal is up soon, and we've talked about before how it doesn't seem like the UFC and Fox know how to promote together and get proper promotion behind these cards, and I think that showed this weekend with, like Bryce said, the fourth lowest Fox card of all time. Um... Something isn't working between UFC and Fox, so hopefully wherever they end up next puts more promotion behind these fights and these fighters, and we start to see those numbers go up and the
0: pay go up for these guys. First off, what caught my eye from all what you said is, I'm not a fan of six pay-per-views a year. I want 12. The idea
1: would be that there would be bigger fights on TV, and those six pay-per-views would be like super set.
0: So that's understandable, and that's probably better for people like you that actually pay, I'd assume. Right. (laughs) <laughs> suckers like you who
1: actually pay for pay-per-views um
2: we so when this broke for one I, I feel like it isn't legit because there's so much happening in the deal right i could understand if it was like okay they're gonna split it between the two and they will be exclusive rights and that they left it there mm-hmm. but then when you add cutting pay-per-views in half as well as uh, getting rid of tough and replacing with Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender series, all of that I think is too much to where it's all true. But some of it definitely could be.
1: And the, and, the, the weird part about the article to me was it didn't mention the secondary networks under those brands like NBC owns, NBC Sports Network, uh, USA Network, uh, so on and so forth, and then ESPN is owned by Disney, who owns ABC, and all those other networks. So those didn't get mentioned at all, and I would think somebody who's breaking broadcasting news would mention things like that. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. one of those things that didn't really make it feel like a real thing that's happening.
2: And even with that, I mean, if I, I have a hard feeling or a strong, hard time believing, there we go, believing that they would want, that a deal would go through where both ABC and NBC are involved. Because, yeah, yeah they may not necessarily be on those channels all the time, right. but having ABC and NBC involved in the same deal, I don't think would work.
1: I think the best-case scenario, just from a pure, like... What am I trying to say here? Um, Just on what assets they would have by signing with one network over another, I think they'd be best suited on ESPN, just because ESPN has such an extensive uh, reach and so many channels that UFC could just be on. Like, they're on... You see random stuff on Fox Sports 1 about the UFC all the time, like Ultimate Knockouts and Greatest Fights and stuff like that. ESPN has a ton of networks where UFC could be playing at points 24 hours a day. So I feel like just from an eyeball standpoint, ESPN is a good landing spot for them, but then it's not broadcast TV like NBC or uh, ABC, Fox, so on and so forth. So I don't know where the UFC ends up. I just hope it ends up working the best working out best for the fighters and the viewers in the end. Although it'll probably just be the UFC light. in their pocket. So what you
0: were suggesting is they should open up their own channel? No,
1: I'm saying ESPN would be probably the best spot for the viewers.
0: But you said, but before that, you said like where they can be broadcasted 24-7. I'm saying oh, since, ESPN.
1: ES, since ESPN has so many different channels, ESPN Classic, ESPN 2, ESPN 3, so on and so forth, that there's a chance that with how the schedule works out, there could be a UFC on one channel or the other all day long you know what i mean yeah sort of but i don't
0: know if espn like would have that no i'm not saying they
1: will be on 24 hours a day i'm mm-hmm. saying that there's a chance the ufc could be on at any time whether it's i will a say also though game.
2: it seems that espn with a few boxing matches that they've like promoted like the Manny pacquiao against the australian dude yeah uh, they really did a good job of advertising leading up to that. I mean, I also follow ESPN on um, yeah. most social medias to where I saw it, but right. I feel like they do a better job of it than
1: I mean, like Fox I don't,
0: Yeah, I don't think you compare Fox to ESPN promotional-wise. And It's
1: also two different like set of networks because Fox is broadcast. I can't remember the difference. But Fox is like you have local Fox channels. Everybody gets Fox. Not necessarily everybody gets ESPN. So, as far as pure numbers go, NBC or ABC or Fox would be better than ESPN, cause just because of the number of households they're in. But ESPN is, has so many networks that UFC could get more exposure just by the amount of time that they could be on on those several different networks. Now, what I'm really worried about is they end up on HBO or Showtime, and they get fucking buried under subscription channel bullshit, and nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to see it if they go to one of those, so... I don't know. I don't know what the best landing spot is. Like I said, I just hope it works out for me and for the fighters. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I'm <laughs> um, with you. Before we move into uh, picks for this weekend's card, uh, can you look up where that is, Bryce, before we do that too so I don't look like a fool? Um, Atlantic City. You're right. Now, I have the first ever hypothetical Would You Rather on the Untitled MMA podcast. I feel like we've discussed this in person before, but we've never done it on the show. we definitely discussed this in person we probably have it, if he thinks we have. It it's a I did change it up though a little bit because CTE. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather take 25, 25 full force Jose Aldo leg kicks to each leg or, or take I'm going to change this part too. Or take one full force Francis Ngannou hook to the fucking dome
0: piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- <laughs> I'm I'm taking I'm taking leg kicks
2: I don't know 25 To leg each kicks. leg To each leg I'm not going to be able to walk For at least a week I'm probably going to have Nerve damage In my legs Because I'm not used to them So think I'll thinking? probably take the hook Honestly I'll have probably A very bad concussion
1: You might die
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your fucking skull Might fucking cave in
2: <laughs> I feel like
0: I'm only 170 pounds, and that dude will, that dude will blow me away. I would, I'm taking the leg kicks because CTE is scary. <laughs> I originally I had an Edson know,
1: Barboza man. head kick, but I didn't feel like 25 leg kicks to each leg to one Edson head kick head kick matched up, so I changed to Francis Ngannou hook <laughs> to the dome piece. I'm going with the leg kicks.
2: So, I mean that is also scary because I mean there's prob if you're not used to that, you could have like legit nerve damage.
1: Yeah, I'm. But your fucking brain could stop working.
2: I, feel, I don't know, man. I'm gonna go with a Francis and got a hook. All
1: right, you <laughs> take the fucking hook. Me and Bryce will, or me and Brendan will fucking wheel our way out of the arena while you're still laying on the mat. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> 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 we can get in the pick. <laughs> <laughs> This picture of me and Brendan fucking wheeling ourselves out in wheelchairs, so Bryce is drooling on the fucking octagon floor. stiff armed and stiff-legged. guy who's talking to Joe Rogan. Anyways, all right. So this weekend's card in Atlantic City, headlined by Edson Barboza and Kevin Lee, a big fight in that lightweight division. We're picking five fights. Uh, the first one we are picking, Aljamain Sterling versus Brett Johns. Um, Johns is 15-0. and 0. He's coming off of a 30-second submission of former title challenger Joe Soto. Whether you want to question the legitimacy of that title shot or not, that's up to you. But he is coming off of that. Sterling's 2-3 since starting his career off 12-0. and 0, And his last fight was a nasty KO that he took against Marlon Marais. Um, I think this is a super tough fight to pick. I didn't even write down who I'm picking because it's so close. I'm going to go off the top of my head. And I think... I don't know. I just feel like Joe has sputtered recently. And he very well could put it together, and this could be his performance that finally gets him um, on solid ground in the UFC.
0: But I think I'm going to go with Brett Johns to uh, take the W in this fight. I have Aljamain Sterling. I feel like he's been improving his game, and he'll continue to do so against Brett Johns.
2: I didn't know this until I started uh, researching this fight a little bit, but Aljamain Sterling's been in the UFC for, like, four years. Yeah. That's crazy to me, considering and... I hadn't even heard of him until, like, last year, maybe 2016. No, nah, you've heard about him. for a couple years him. of complete obscurity. you heard about him for a while, I would say. Um, and it. Brett Johns, I'd never heard of this guy beforehand. He, he's undefeated. He's won... Uh, Belt in three separate promotions before he got called up to the UFC. I think this dude's going to be the truth. I think he's probably going to finish Al Sterling and I got Brett Johns winning this one.
0: The next one we're picking is Tiago Santos versus David Branch. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I also looked at this Johns dude. He's really white and he's got a weird body so that had an influence in my decision.
1: Trump body. <laughs> Nobody gets that joke but us three. No. Um, joke. Tiago Santos versus David Branch. Uh, Santos has a four-fight win streak coming into this. But Branch was on an 11-fight win streak before his loss to Luke Rockhold in his last fight, albeit like 10 of those fights were in the World Series of Fighting. Um, But Branch did almost KO Luke Rockhold in that fight as well. I think this is another close fight to pick. Santos has been very impressive recently. I think the best fights of his career have been his last few. That being said, I think David Branch is a very underrated and a very good fighter. Like I said, almost finished Luke Rockhold in his last fight, and Luke Rockhold is among the elite in that weight class, so I'm going to go with David Branch to beat Tiago Santos.
0: In Usually we have been we've been this year we've been having a lot of similar picks, but not so far. I have Tiago Santos. I
1: could I could definitely see Santos winning just because he's been so impressive lately. Bryce
2: Um I'm uh also go with Tiago Santos here. I think he just hits so hard. And then I always had this bias that I think because he's Brazilian, he has a decent Jitsu background.
1: I'm glad somebody finally brought it up. Even
2: though uh, very unimpressive names like Eric Spicely, I think that he's going to be able to probably knock out David Branch,
1: who's 36. Tiago Santos isn't young either, though, is he? 34, I think. 30. Okay. 3 something like he, that. I thought you might have been older than that. But um I'm glad somebody finally brought up the assuming Brazilians have good jiu-jitsu bias on this show because I definitely have the same thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's such a real thing for me and it's probably not a good way to pick fights and it's probably stere- very stereotypical.
1: Justin Willis is taking on Chase Sherman in a heavyweight fight on this card. Uh I think both of these guys are just like middle of the road heavyweights. Um, but it seems like we've already seen the best of Chase Sherman if that makes sense and I feel like Justin uh, Willis still has room for improvement and a big upside. Um, it is a slight step up in competition from him based from where he's been so far, but it's not a crazy step up. I do think Justin Willis probably wins this fight. I think Chase Sherman is probably on the decline instead of the incline, and I feel like Justin Willis has a chance to go places in this division. But like I said, I feel like they're both just kind of middle-of-the-road guys.
0: Where do we see
1: Willis? Uh, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, he's a fight-a-ass fight pass yeah. fight He's
0: pretty he, – he was – did he knock somebody out? What yeah, he, he
1: knocked out that fucking white guy from Boston that had all the tribal tattoos. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Whose name I don't remember. We all three became a fan of him, I believe, right? Yes, yeah. no, maybe yeah. so. Yes. But,
2: We're big, big pretty guys. Sure.
0: I couldn't even say that. <laughs> big, big, big pretty guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I got Chase Sherman winning this fight. I don't, I don't know if Willis is quite ready for the step-up in competition like you said.
2: Bryce. Uh, I've got Willis here. For one, he trains at AKA, so I mean, he's training with DC, he's training with Cain Velasquez, those sorts of dudes. I think that, and he seems to have the right mentality that he's going to take over this division. I think this gets him past at least Chase Chase Sherman. We'll see where his career goes, but I've got Willis in this one.
1: A big fight at Featherweight is the co-main event in the evening. Frankie Edgar, who is a minus 200 favorite, takes on Cub Swanson, the plus 170 underdog. (sighs) I love Cub Swanson. He's probably a top two featherweight for me. Um, Very exciting guy to watch. Frankie Edgar's a legend. They fought before. It did not turn out well for Chase Sherman. Frankie Edgar. For Chase Sherman? Chase Sherman. Sherman. Cub Swanson, same initials. Um, It did not turn out well for Cub Swanson. Frankie Edgar beat the living shit out of him for a long time. Um, He ended up finishing him with like a few seconds left on the clock. Um, I think this is probably like the worst possible matchup for. Uh, Cub Swanson. So I think Frankie Edgar... I don't see it going so significantly different that Cub Swanson somehow ends up on top. I think he could look better than he did in their first fight, but I still think Frankie Edgar almost... I think it's a lock Frankie Edgar wins this fight.
0: I think it kind of has a potential to be a fun fight and the potential to be very mm-hmm. lopsided. And I think if you like look just at the names, it's a really intriguing fight, but like you said, it's kind of lopsided. I think Frankie wins pretty convincingly as well, even though I am a big Cub guy myself.
2: I mean, also one thing that um, I was thinking about when picking this fight is Frankie Edgar just got knocked out, right? By Brian Ortega like a month ago. Yes.
0: Ooh, I didn't even think about that. That's crazy.
2: So, I mean, that, I mean, look at what happened when Michael Bisping did that same thing and what happened in China where he got messed up by Gaslam. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I have Frankie Edgar here, but I think it's a lot closer than... 100% Frankie versus a 100% Cub.
0: And Cub can land those headshots just as well as Ortega did. I just feel like I I could be like,
1: I don't know. I just feel like if Frankie wants to take Cub down, he's going to take him down. I don't know. Um, The main event of the evening, Edson Barboza is a plus 120 underdog against former title challenger, Kevin Lee, who is a minus 140 favorite. Just feels like Barboza always seems to lose in big fights against top guys. And he's also never won as an underdog, which he will be in this fight. Uh, granted, this is the second biggest name Kevin Lee has fought behind Tony Ferguson. Uh, Barbosa, uh, Barbosa definitely wins a stand-up fight between the two, but Lee obviously holds a significant wrestling advantage being a former D1 wrestler. I just feel like Kevin Lee has the tools he needs to beat Edson Barbosa, and I feel like he might end up submitting Edson Barbosa in this main event.
0: As we were talking about earlier, Wait, I don't know if no, we said oh, though, Never mind. But Edson Barboza, like kicks, define this fight. So, considering it's five rounds, if Kevin Lee stands up with them as long as as long, then I don't think he wins this fight because he would obtain a lot of leg kicks from Barboza. And if you get that, no way you win. You're gonna slow down. You're it's gonna leave open your head for head kicks. If, so if it stands up for a long period of time, I got Barboza, but. Overall, I have Lee winning this fight. I think he's an overall better fighter. And like you said, Barboza has not been clutch in the bigger moments. Before
1: Bryce makes his pick, I do want to say that is a very good point. I think every second this fight is on the feet, it takes a little bit of an advantage towards Edson Barboza just because he is so dangerous on the feet. But I don't think Kevin Lee is a slouch standing up either. He can hold his own. Edson Barboza is just a, one of the best on the feet.
2: Yeah, I think Edson Barboza is probably one of the best stand-up fighters in at least my experience in UFC history. Yeah. Gotta be. Between leg kicks and st- stupid brownhouse kick to the chin.
1: Or dick if you're Paul Felder. <laughs> <laughs> or
2: Paul, Paul Felder. That was one of the most uh, tragic things I've ever seen. I was
1: in the arena live when that happened in Chicago. It was on the Dillashaw versus Barrow 2 card. And Barboza spun. And you're like, okay, spin kick. It fucking hits Paul Felder in the dick. And you could hear it. In the second level. It was fucking insane. (laughs) Oh my goodness.
2: I I do feel bad for Paul that was rough. I I watched that live on T V, but man, I couldn't even imagine it. But So was he not wearing a cup or he
1: was wearing a cup, but I mean Edson Barboza spin kicking you into the the cup cup is gonna hurt too. (laughs) I understand.
2: Um that's the closest I've ever seen someone take to their five minutes.
1: Yeah. I would have took twenty eight. (laughs) <laughs> and a stretcher <laughs>
2: um, getting back to the picks I think he is one of the best stand up fighters of all time I think Kevin Lee though is a really explosive guy pretty athletic to where he could make some noise on the feet I feel like he's going to end up taking him down and that's going to be his method of victory I've got Kevin Lee winning this and this then the... moving deep into that lightweight title picture yet again
0: this is a pretty like substantial fight. It's pretty big for the division and what's going on forward. As we were discussing earlier, this could be a pot- potential number one contender fight leading on versus like Poirier or whatever. So this could be a pretty... I think if Edson Barboza wins, he
1: definitely does not get a shot against uh, Khabib. Khabib. I think if Kevin Lee wins, he might get a shot. I just feel like it's more likely Alvarez or Poirier than it will be Lee. That's just me, though.
2: I think it all depends on the summer or the medical suspensions. If they can get a fight done this summer to determine a number one contender for a September-October fight, I think that's what they'll do. i will probably like, slap an interim belt on it, too.
1: I just feel like if Khabib's going to be out for the summer, there's no way Poirier is fighting before August. So if he's going to be out till August and he's available then and Khabib's going to be available in, say, October then I feel like you just wait till October and have an actual title fight instead of pushing the championship out longer, especially as long as we've had to wait for that title to be defended anyway. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm.
2: still hasn't been defended.
1: No, I. but I'm saying, though, that title was out of the picture for 500 days. We yeah. finally have a champion. When
2: was the last time that belt was successfully defended?
1: Successfully was defended?
2: Yeah, would that be like
1: RDA. showtime days?
2: Oh, RDA, maybe.
1: I don't even think he successfully defended. I think he won it from Pettis and then lost it to Alvarez. So was the last successful defense Anthony Pettis versus Gilbert Melendez? That's that really wild. That is extremely. That is very crazy. possible. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Okay. Let's vamp. Brendan, uh, thoughts. <laughs> that, that is wild. My boy Pettis.
0: I mean, what a go.
1: His, this dude is the last dude that to defend. That is insane. The if that was last successful, I mean, we might be stupid, and there might have been one like two months ago. Well, not two months I ago. Feel, I kind of have
0: a feeling that RDA defended. I just feel like I, I rooted against him one time. I don't. Rem-
1: oh, Cowboy Cerrone. RDA yeah. defended against Cowboy Cerrone. That was still a mm-hmm. long time ago. That was yep, still December 19, long ago. Yeah, December 19,
2: 2015 was the last time he was successfully defended. Wow.
1: When was the Pettis fight, just for... Didn't he tear Cowboy up? Um, too?
2: March of 2015.
1: That was when RDA won it? Yeah. So one was the Pettis-Melendez fight? Because that was uh, the next-to-last successful defense. Damn, that would have been crazy if that was the last defense. My fucking brain would have melted. <laughs>
2: December of 2014.
1: Wow. So the, tit- so the lightweight title's only been successfully defended twice since December? Or September. What'd you say?
2: December. <laughs>
1: December of 2014.
0: And it's crazy... 2014. Now, man, I was a, I was a fan for this long. Four years. That was a long five time years. ago, man. Six years, maybe. Now I want to think ago. of the last successful defense for every title, but we don't have time for that. Um, yeah. So, unless Brendan has something else. I do not. Bryce? Actually, I do want to say... What about Gaethje saying he only has five fights left? That's why. I mean, he's the way he's fighting, think, five might be stretching it. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, five is definitely stretching it. If he's going to be taking that sort of damage every time.
1: Especially because he's going to be fighting top guys. I mean, who do you get? And he's going
2: to just put his head down and get
0: his face Yeah, beat in. He lays his head out there and lets you just... He, I, he, I mean, he was blocking and whatnot, but he's still absorbing damage. And Granted, he can take a lot, uh, as he
1: showed, but I mean... Oof, you can't keep doing that, especially against killers like Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. Even if he falls down a little bit in the rankings and he fights say Ally Quinta next, it's like Jesus, dude, you can't keep doing this. So I mean, that'd be a fun five, fight. Five, yeah, Ally Quinta versus uh uh, uh Justin Gagey. Yeah, that would be yeah. wild. But yeah, you can't keep up, can't go on doing this for much longer. And I feel like five fights is even a stretch, especially yeah. if it's going to look like it did Saturday.
0: Mm-hmm. He is relatively young though, know, in twenties, maybe. Yeah, I don't 30s. think he's thirty yet. But I mean, when you're fighting like that, yeah, MMA life is not as long. No,
1: um, but that's all I have. Bryce, you got anything?
2: Um, let me just look up Justin Gaethje's age. Okay.
1: Um, while Bryce does that, you can always find out. You can always find everything we do at UntitledMMA.com. Fight previews, fighter spotlights, this podcast, picks so on and so forth. Everything is at UntitledMMA.com. You can follow us on social media at Untitled MMA on Twitter and Instagram, Untitled MMA on Facebook. Uh, the SoundCloud is Untitled MMA. YouTube is Untitled Sports. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere there's a po- anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to this one. So check us out on all those platforms. Justin Gaethje is
2: 29.
1: Oof. He's an old 29. (laughs) He's a grizzled 29 years old. Um, So uh, I guess that about wraps this up. So I just stole Bryce's line. That's a wrap. It's a wrap. (laughs)